Sorry. Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I'm joined with three members of my firefighting family. We've got Scott. Hi there. We have Todd. Hello. And we're welcoming welcoming back Warren. Good evening. And tonight's our first time recording. Yeah, so tonight we have uh, uh, some video for the first time. We're going to try to post that, so um, if you're listening, you can check that out, I guess, probably on our YouTube um, and see how stupid we look when we do this. <laughs> Glad I did my hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also tonight, we're, where are we? <laughs> uh, a little different place. Yeah, so we're not in our normal location. Uh, tonight we are in Todd's uh, like breezeway. Mud room. Your mud, your mud room. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, New Year's Eve. We're recording this right now. We've got uh, uh, T-58 to uh, the old Canadian ball drop. <laughs> <laughs> Are we already doing the manscape? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's more more to come later. <laughs> ah, zing. All right, so um, what we're actually going to do is uh, some of our uh, reader questions. Yeah. Um, and this should go over really well because we spent two hours doing this last week and then the recording shit the bed. So uh, let's try again. It lasted for two hours um, and we actually had to kind of rush through it and there was more that came since then. So we're going to break it down and probably do uh, two or three parts of this. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of kick it off uh, with some questions from Facebook. Mm. So what do we got, guys? Uh, all right. So first question, uh, Kobe Cullen. Uh, our department has one intersection that has been problematic for years. Uh, this year we've had almost a record number with one ending in a fatal. Any ideas to help manage this uh, to limit it in the future? Uh, get the government to help or make a different plan for that area. So yeah. we have that um, intersection north of us. Mm-hmm. That, I think what we came across like three or four accidents in one. Well, we didn't because it's not yeah. our area, but um, you came across one once in a personal vehicle. Yeah, I've come across a couple um, in the same day. The guys I work with come across. They came across mm-hmm. it like two or three times in one mm-hmm. day. One day. Um, so they've kind of. I think it got blasted on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. It made kind of a stink about it. Um, being a few fatals over the years. Yeah. Um, but I think people just kind of brought it up so much. Yeah, spoke to like their local it. MLA, their, yeah. their local governing bodies. Uh, and then again, like Scott said, took it to uh, you know media and, mm-hmm. and uh, social media. Um, and if you blast it enough, people listen. Uh, now, it's not you know necessarily something that the local department did. I'm sure they had their, their, oh, yeah. you know, opinion that weighed in on it. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, just, you know, getting the public out there, getting their uh, voices heard. Um, if it is an, an area and, you know, sadly, like everything in our service and mostly within the world, we're all reactionary. So it takes a couple fatals for things to start to change. And if that's happening in, in your area, yeah, get the uh, media on uh, your side, get the uh, townspeople, to uh, get vocal. Yeah, yeah. That particular intersection, uh, it's been problematic for many, many, many oh, years. For sure. Like and yeah. 10, 10 plus at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, finally they ended up uh, fixing it. And I, and I, I think like you said, it's definitely the, the pressure of the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, from the, the media and just the local um, uh, MLAs and whatnot from from everybody else. Just even the added added population. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that definitely isn't making it easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what they ended up actually um, uh, making some dedicated merge lanes mm-hmm. uh, and whatnot and dividing the highway and the current uh, footprint that they have there 
I just uh, it helped a lot bit a lot more because we're getting a lot of T-bone accidents, people rushing out to try and cut into that lane, and that's where the accidents were happening. Right. Mm-hmm. But, now, Todd, you were saying um, before we started recording, there was a the place in um, the lake here that you built. With. Yeah, well, it's not it's not an <clears throat> intersection, obviously, but something that was similar. Like there's some bunch of fatal drowning. Yeah, so not not highway related, but in our response area, uh, we have this. Uh, it's called Haynes Point. So it's a uh, it's a jetty of sand. Like a giant sandbar, essentially, that comes out in the lake, and it actually kind of connected both shores. So um, they actually had to dredge a part of the uh, the sand uh, bar to get boats to go across because we saw boats come across, flying across, and hammer the sandbar and flip and roll. So they uh, they dredged a certain area uh, so the boats could go through. But what's that? What that's created now is it's created a really big undertow um, on the south facing side of it. So very popular area. It's a big campsite there. And with that undertow, the second we get a little bit of wind, it starts wreaking havoc. We get a lot of people that actually uh, end up drowning there. Um, usually either children or else um, a family member or an adult goes out to try and save the, the person. And then they end up getting uh, getting sucked under in the undertow. So what, what I actually did um, in my past job here, um, I canvassed the local governing body for that, which was uh, OIB. Um, one of the local Indian bands that, that took over the land um, and chatted with them and said, look, like, this is what we should start doing for some public education and some signage and some information sessions. Mm-hmm. And uh, they jumped all over it. They, they loved it. Uh, now we have signage and, and information out there and we actually haven't had one since that's, that's occurred. So uh, hopefully that's, awesome. that's, that's helping. Uh, hard to say. But <clears throat> before there was no public education, everybody just went out there because it was a beautiful sandy spot to swim. Sure. So yeah, a little the, bit of awareness uh, goes a long ways. I think the, the sand and everything made everything made people have a full sense of security because you're like, ah, oh, just some sand and you're in a lake. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then the north side of that, that kind of sand point is very shallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. very friendly for children. <laughs> not a not a severe current to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It looked like Nothing standing water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's like right in the middle of what is essentially almost three lakes, but it's one large body of water. Uh, very, very calm area. Yeah. Um, it just takes that special current that runs through there, takes that special wind, yeah. uh, and then just gets that effect. Um, so, yeah, awesome job getting that signage out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes someone local to, to kind of get this ball this ball rolling. So, awesome question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next one. So, moving on to Tyler Paul. Uh, when fighting fires in the forest or woods, have you ever come across fleeing animals or Bigfoot? No Bigfoot, but we got the Sam Swamps there once. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't come across a Bigfoot for sure. Uh, we did see uh, at the uh, Inconvenient Fire, we've seen uh, some bears. Yeah. Um, you came across... Uh, uh, when we were not at the Inconvenient, but the other fire, when we went and deployed deployment up to um, White Rock, uh, white, 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 white rock <laughs> fire um, up in Kelowna. Or not Kelowna Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, there was bears that actually had. Um, they were walking through the hot ash, and they were actually end up walking on their like their. I guess it would be their wrists. I don't know if that's a bear thing, but their wrists yeah, because their paws were burnt, so they were walking all funny. Because we saw a couple of them walk by, we're like, "Why are those bears walking so weird?" And we talked to one of the other guys. He said, "No, we've come across them before because they burnt their their pads off their paws from walking on the hot ash. Right. That now they're walking on their their wrists, and they they they're probably not like not naked." Because right. they're they're basically what their their tools for catching things is, is are gone. Sure. So yeah. um, they probably were, were going to starve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, the same thing at the um, 
Inky fire. Um, I remember that when the fire was coming over the mountain on top of us, um, they, um, we saw a coyote running down on us yeah. at one point. And then uh, the grasshoppers was crazy. <laughs> so not like, not the furry animals, but uh, the, 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 yeah. like this locust horde came in like, Carl, I remember Carl was in the back of the um, <clears throat> the duty truck because I was driving slow and he had the the, the quick spray going. Yeah. Just to, you know, it's just a little um, high volume or high pressure pump yeah. that um, just for fighting grass fires. And uh, next thing I hear Carl like, oh, Mike! <laughs> he's yelling away and he's getting just all these grasshoppers hitting him in the face and I just, I just roll up my window. <laughs> you know back there, Carl? Carl! <laughs> <laughs> and just this horde, like it was hitting like a windshield wipers off trying to get them off. It's it crazy because they were just fleeing from the, the heat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Uh, living here, growing up here, um, I've never seen them until a couple of years ago. We were on a very small um, brush fire, uh, and we came came across a couple scorpions. Yeah. Um, so we were up there. A couple of kids were playing with fire. Classic. Started a, a pretty small area fire. Um, actually, it was the one that we we learned that uh, a large portion of uh, that that mountainside was ours, which ended up getting us um, through sparking, uh, deployment. Sparking the uh, side by side discussion. Yeah, the uh, side by side discussion, which we honestly spoke spoke a lot about. Um, so yeah, come, come across some scorpions was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, yeah, I've never really come across any. However, more so the aftermath mm-hmm. um, and. In our area, when we had a fire many years ago, up in the mountain, just above my house, um, when I was working with forestry, it was rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of burnt up snakes, a lot of injured snakes, and then a lot would actually go and, and flee and try and hide but in the rocks mm-hmm. and under the decks of the homes. Sure. So when we're doing mop-up around, around, yeah, yeah. around the homes and, and moving stuff, fire smarting, we found a ton of rattlers. So we actually had to make some snares to actually so we could <laughs> remove them safely to, to work. Sure. Uh, and that was part of our daily morning briefings as well. Well, and your logo for your, I'm looking at it right now, your logo for yeah. your department yeah. is yeah. the gas <laughs> rattlesnakes. That's, <laughs> that's on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two-parter, I believe. <clears throat> Second question. Tyler Paul, what's the best firefighting gloves for winter? Dry ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll add to that the second pair that you keep in your pants pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That you pilfered from some poor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I'll start out with a pair of structured gloves when it's hot and heavy, get it knocked down, get into mop up. I'll switch over to some extrication gloves that are dry and lighter, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, depending on how cold it is. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's definitely the move, right? Like once you once you're not doing that initial attack or you need that protection, mm-hmm. um, yeah, swap those wet ones out. Sure. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. Same same thing as uh, the Bellaclava. Always carry an extra bell cloud. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The bell cloud is kind of the next go-to, right? Because yeah. all that mist and debris in the winter gets so shitty and sweaty and cold. Yeah. I think brand-wise, because I'm assuming he's asking brand-wise, um, but I, I don't know. There's so many different brands, and yeah, like. Yeah. I think on our apartment alone right now, between some older gloves and new gloves, we've probably got three brands. Yeah, I think we have three or four. I was four saying right like now. we yeah. have like, two two solid common ones, but I've got a like a backup pair that I've yeah. had for years ago and. I, I, I didn't know what, what they are. Yeah. They're dry, and I'm happy to have yeah. them. So. Yeah. But great questions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Derek Kruchenk. Uh What are the best and worst calls that you've been to? Mm-hmm. Ah. I, I, 
I mean, worst calls. I'm not going to get into like the detail to think of yeah. of our, our worst call scenarios. Um, I'd say a worst call would be something that you know where you think that you know you really you you got the fire beat and you don't. Something sneaks yeah, time. I seem to remember one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we take a lot of pride in yeah, that, you know quick knockdown and doing you know, the least possible damage to save that structure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, like there's one that sticks in my mind. And the rekindle really sucks. But <laughs> the rekindle sucks. You know, like being, I guess, big enough to to say, hey, like, you know, we've made we've made these errors or whatever. I mean, when your crew works really hard, you're you're making that push, um, and you've got it knocked, and you go into overhaul, and you know you're checking with thermal. It's cold. It's winter time. Like it's snowing mm. out basically. Um, you know, you got nothing showing on the thermal camera. You've tore walls apart. You've tore ceiling apart. Like there's nothing that you can see. You go as far as putting somebody on Firewatch. There was a, a private company that yeah. was put on Firewatch, and then for whatever reason, getting called back to a self-venting fire out of the roof. Yeah, later that. Was, uh, I mean, those are the hard ones that are, you know, those ones are pretty pretty tough tough to swallow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the. <clears throat> Was it so? It was part. It was the, not the cool call. What was it? Uh, no. The best or the worst calls. Yeah, I think the best, like the most exciting calls, yeah. are always the big wildfire calls. Yeah, uh, you know the structure fire calls are cool and gets everybody like ah. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like we always say, structure fire, it's in a box. Yeah, and unless it's like super rocking and it's going somewhere, it's kind of actually after you know once you get it kind of surrounded and but, knocked a bit, it's like it's kind of almost boring. <laughs> like if there's no midpoint structure fire, so not fully involved. Yeah, like when we push in, not. Right? Yeah. Uh, not just a compartment fire, mm-hmm. but that, yeah. that midpoint to where it's just about to, to really evolve. Yeah. yeah. And you get in, you knock it down, yeah. you do some work and get it knocked back. Yeah, and, those are good. Like our it's worst fire could have been our best fire. Yeah. Yeah, like that one. Yeah. <laughs> like the one that we talked about was an awesome yeah. fire because we, we, we hit it from the exterior and then we pushed it from the other side and we, yeah. and we knocked it quick. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I would like the, the big wildfires are always like because they're just so big and they're like so moving. Dynamic. And yeah. I always go back to the. The um, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, the Inkity one was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just because we had just kind of learned, not really learned, we we just really started practicing that bump and run. Yeah. And watching it really come together, everyone moving and, and bumping up and moving along. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, and then actually the fire the same year, just about a month prior to that, um, where actually Forestry complimented us on it uh, a year later when yes. they, they brought it up in a, in, a, mm-hmm. in a meeting we were having, how we, they, we had an awesome system where we we had tanks set up and then our trucks were moving or, or were bumping and running. That was cool. Um, yeah. I just like those because they're, yeah, there's so many moving parts and there's so much stuff happening and there's like air support coming in and mm-hmm. you really feel like you and, get to use your whole dynamic of command. Yeah. Yeah. Versus sure. being stuck in one spot. It's not like you've got this section, you've got this section, everybody reports to this. So you can truly use your full dynamic of command mm-hmm. on that being instead of stuck in one spot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it really lends to the decentralized command that we that we work with. Yeah. Now we're still answering to the IC, yeah. but like each truck officer it's is, is like is trusted to do their thing. Like basically, it's hey, you're you know you are here, and then whatever you need is up to you, and then you like so you as the truck officer yeah. is in charge of that. So your team does whatever you are now calling for versus um, being around the corner of a house yeah yeah where yeah i've got this corner of the house but if i really need something i can just walk over the here. other corner yeah yeah 
Mm-hmm. And that, that and that's where the forest calls are way more dynamic, sure. but still very decentralized, like you said, yeah. because you're kilometers to miles apart, yeah. and you've got certain divisions kind of dealing right. with with certain tasks. So sure. that's uh, that's where it gets it. It's pretty fun, like you said. <clears throat> we always joke: the smaller the fire, the more. Um, Command, the more command we get, yeah. and the more we kind of get annoyed with each other because we're all like kind of standing there. Hey, you put the water over there. No, you put the water over there. Because <laughs> we're all yeah, trying so to find someone to lead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, or we can just let the guy do his work. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, kind of to echo Scott there. Um, like I always go go back to the Christie Mountain Fire in Oakley Falls. Uh, so we were going as mutual aid. Uh, so it wasn't a BC wildfire, BC forestry. Uh, it wasn't a drawdown. It was like they were asking for help. So we were driving into town, um, a truck full of pretty, pretty young seasoned firefighters, if that makes sense. So like they, they were no longer rookies. Everybody like was all yellow helmet. They, they all knew what they were doing, but it was like all like dialed in, like young, fresh, like wanting to work people. Um, driving into town and we were going to get stationed uh, as uh, I think this fire hall standby uh, which sucked for like oh but hey at least we're here to help you know happy we barely got the truck parked and we got uh, deployed up to actually one of the local captain's areas right. like by his house and uh, that fire was rocking it was coming down the mountain uh, everybody working together with a couple of uh, mutual departments close to us you know, again, like those are like the difference makers, uh, and we didn't lose any structures in our area. Um, so awesome night. Yeah. So further to that mm-hmm. question, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch over to one of uh, Josiah Somerville's questions. Okay. <clears throat> so multi parts. Thanks, Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, similar topic. So I'm gonna skip the order a little bit here. But uh, he asks, uh, everyone always asks, what's the hardest call you've ever been out on? Uh, but what's the most meaningful or positively impactful call that you've been on similar to what we talked about Mm -hmm. uh, about kind of the best call and whatnot but uh i think the most kind of impactful call is one that you know where you where you really make that difference uh that's the most meaningful to the clients involved whether it's a structure fire uh a chimney fire or a motor vehicle incident Mm -hmm. Little things like it's always the little things that people remember, right? Like how professional and polite you were, um, you know, doing that overhaul, protecting some of their memorabilia, right? Yep. Family photos, things like that, that you can't really replace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking that extra step to, to remove some of those before you start totally overhauling something and, and destroy some stuff. Um, car accidents as well, right? Um, just being extra courteous and professional, taking that extra moment, making sure they have something that they really want out of their car. Sure. Um, right. Things like that. So just all those little things that really add up. Those are definitely the most uh, impactful, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of go back to, like, the wildfire aspect of it. Um, when you're responding to an NVI, you're responding to a structure fire, like, it's already shitty. <laughs> like, something's happened already. Um, and you can do an amazing job, but part of their house is still burned down. Yep. You know, their vehicle still crashed. Mm-hmm. If you're responding to a, a big wildfire, I go back to the Christie Mountain. I go back to the Inkweep. Uh, Christie Mountain was huge, huge interface. Um, and in the entire fire, I think that one was a couple weeks long of like actual like big, big fire suppression. There was one structure lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back to, and like, so that was like many, many moving parts. You go to the Inkweep fire. 
again, there was a couple, like, way out in the forest, um, like, which, like, we weren't even involved yeah. in. Yeah, like but, RV and... Yeah, there was, like, some RV camps and stuff yeah. that, you know, people didn't even know that they were out there squatting. Yeah. Uh, and that's still a loss, but all of the structures, all of the houses were saved. Uh, for me, that's very, very impactful. So we managed to get ourselves out there, get positioned right, um, do everything that we possibly could to make sure that there was still a home to go back to. Yeah, it's not crazy stuff. Like when, uh, when Todd, you came to help us, and you noticed that mattress was smoking on the deck. Yeah. Like if we hadn't seen, or you hadn't seen that actually, um, we, that could have been. I don't know if it would have been a full loss. I think we would have eventually saw the house the house on fire. But, but yeah. again, that, the house would have been damaged, and mm-hmm. if for um, like it would have been damaged, we would have. Been kind of like yeah, like we could have yeah. you know, prevented that. Yeah. Um, so, so that was good. Yeah. And then what I always go back to was uh, the 2015 one mm-hmm. um, when the, it was a windstorm and I happened to be the truck. I don't think I was even an officer yet. I was still a, the training officer, so I wasn't. A, I wasn't a captain yet. And I happened to be in a jump seat, and Warren was with me, and um, and we we got we go to this wind this like power lines down call, which is like a nothing fall, and then all of a sudden this wildfire kicks off. We get there. The chief had turned his radio off, so I'm like the I'm like the IC for like the first thirty minutes. I'm calling helicopters and stuff. And then I hand Warren the radio. I'm like, you start calling in where you want the choppers to drop. I gotta we're gonna yeah. set up pumps and then we and basically we ran this whole scene until the chief finally uh, realized what was going on. Then so he came, and then we actually bumped down to the because now the wind shifted, started going toward the town. So now we came down into town and it looked like something out of the Hobbit. Like the whole place, the whole mountain's burning. We're like, holy crap, because this other fire kicked off. And Yeah, it was a sight to see, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think we, mm-hmm. we jumped to like 18 different points that night. We had like tanks and pools and we had a back burns right outside the town. And yeah. and again, I think other than we lost one structure and it was like, it was right at the bat. That was it. Yeah, that was yeah. the only structure lost on all fire. So, and I, uh, a few times it like came right to the edge and yeah. I think a, a garage should have burned and the guys got there in time. And there was a lot of a lot of moving parts in that one too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I gotta say, like a good MBI too. You get there, you know, even if there's no serious injuries, but just that, that sheer comfort you can give someone in a in a real tough situation right. mm-hmm. uh, is a super satisfaction that you can get. Uh, you know, whether it's one or multiple victims in that, uh, just the sheer comfort once we show up and, and get in there and start doing stuff and just making that patient contact, uh, it's a great satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and actually, that kind of goes back to uh, I was at a pre-hospital conference many years ago in the states, and um, one of our keynote speakers he spoke about um, the Phoenix Fire Department. Um, they went to a call, whatever it was. This, this gentleman had an incident while he was working on his um, entranceway to his house, his walker, he was pouring concrete and, and finishing it. Uh, they had to rush him to the hospital, and the fire the fireman and, and the truck officer was like, "Well." You know, there's only like 10 feet left. You know, he's got all the concrete and everything here ready mm-hmm. to go. If he leaves and we leave, like it's just, everything's going to be destroyed. Yeah. So they took that extra 30 minutes, stayed on scene, finished it for him, and mm-hmm. uh, and then left, and then went to the hospital and, and kind of told them, hey, this is what we did for you. And it's those little things that, that yeah. they really remember. That was the most meaningful for him, was that. And, uh, you know, it's like, like people say, like, you know, why did they call us? Well, to make things better. And, sure. and that's that's what they're going to remember. So, yeah, good good questions, Uzi. Mm-hmm. Um, two more, two more, two more. Yeah, yeah. I think so. to, oh boy. Midnight. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. I'm going to. Uh, oh man, yeah, we got a bunch here. Well, out of here, so why do you all drive Fords? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> 
Ashen. We'll skip that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Ashen. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. You know, I I had a pretty good witty re- you know response, but uh, I mean, even having Warren here, we have an additional forward, <laughs> so it's not like we uh, you know muddy the waters here. Um, what was your response? Huh? I mean, I was just gonna say like all of our transmissions are still working. Um, I haven't had to put ball ball joints in yet. Uh, Tyrons are still in pretty good shape. This podcast brought you by Ford. <laughs> brought you by not Dodge Automatics. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, you know, just scrolling through the questions, we got a lot of really good questions that we'll do on part two because mm-hmm. uh, those ones are definitely going to go longer. Um, but one I want to touch base on is uh, Marshall Bass. Says you've all been educating us and the audience for the past four years, uh, but in turn you've also grown in your knowledge and skills and awareness. What would you say has been the biggest or best change that you've been able to make over this time, both within your departments and within yourselves? Marshall, coming in. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, coming in deep. <laughs> for me, <laughs> deep, deep down under. For me, just, uh, and I haven't been on here a whole pile, but just being able to get that experience and being able to slow things down, get on scene, really slow down the scene. Mm take in everything that's going on, put the pieces of the puzzle together, put a plan together. Uh, that's that's a keynote for me, for sure. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> similar to what Warren was saying, um, in the, you know, not just because of the podcast, but over the last few years, there's been a lot of, you know, kind of hand-in-hand with what we, we do in podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've been a lot of reading with Jock and stuff, always following his podcast, so same similar idea, like, using a lot of that leadership stuff that he sure kind of preaches. Um I'm not always on it, but <laughs> I try. And afterwards, like, damn it, I should have did this, I should have did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that leadership point and doing the leadership stuff over mm-hmm. the course of several years, it that, it takes a long time to get good. Um, you can't just get good in two years. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, you know, one year, two years, like, you need, to, you need to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Um, so that and uh, and I think the training. The training is a big... Um, the scenarios really is what mm-hmm. I've seen... Um, that's what really ties everything together now. Um, you know, years previous, we do, we do a scenario maybe once or twice a year, and now we do them almost every month. Yeah. And I and I find it ties the, everything together with the guys mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, and it has to be those realistic scenarios. Like we're trying to make it as realistic as possible. And I find that the scenarios too, you make it as realistic as possible. It really finds those keynotes that you might just need to fine tune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the little basic stuff that you okay. Let's let's focus on this area real quick. Uh, Fine tune this, get it dialed in, but really put put the whole thing together works well. Yep. Good. Yeah, I think uh, you know for me, um, you know, starting off on the podcast um, as just a firefighter. Um, I think mm-hmm. yeah, other than Todd, uh, I think we were all um, pre captain stage when we started this. Uh, Scott was training officer, uh, so you you had a bit of a, a look into the leadership as the right. training officer. But uh, even at the start of the podcast, I don't even know if we were we were just getting on like the training side, like where where we were building the training team. Um, more yeah, more than we had. Yeah. yeah, more more than it had been in the past. Uh, so getting involved in that, um, I mean everything focuses around training. Um, so that that really you know opened my eyes. Um, you know accelerated kind of the way that you you think and process about things um and then going back to what what warren said just being you know being able to slow it down um not rushing into things um trying your damnedest to 
you know, become on 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 the radio, trying not to, um, I guess, like give too much excitement when you're giving scene scene size up. Um, and, you know, I remember people in the past would be like screaming into the radio, and it'd be like you would be so far jacked before you even got on scene because their excitement level was so elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being being able to kind of control what you put over the radio is is huge. And then again, staying staying humble. Um, you know, be, being able to keep open ears, listening to everybody, uh, and finding a way to, to navigate. In our case, 37 people. Uh, we have 37, for the most part, A-type, you know, members. Um, and not all of them see eye-to-eye with everything, and that's going to happen with 37 A-type people. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to find that balance, you know, the best that we can. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think I do an amazing job, but I think we do a pretty good job. So... Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, like you said, within the departments, you know, training, making training exciting, um, fun, making it, people want to be engaged. Um, yeah, definitely, that, that's a big one. As far as for for ourselves, for myself, I think, you know, just like you said, Ash, um, you know, just being humble, always have the willingness to continue to, to learn. Mm-hmm. Um don't ever think you know it all because uh, there's always something to learn. Like every day in my job, you know, there's always takeaways. So I learn from brand new people. I learn from seasoned people. Um, and then uh, the other big one over the years is just learning um, resilience in yourself on how to take a step back when you need to uh, take a break, uh, learn some resilience for, for all of our stress indicators through mm. the shit that we deal with right at work. Yeah. Awesome point. That's, that's probably been the biggest change for myself for the past kind of five years plus years is, is learning that because uh, that's super important um, yeah I'm going to leave it at that there's a couple other really good questions that kind of tie into this one which yeah, we'll yeah. talk about the next time yeah we can follow up with for sure yeah, yeah awesome yeah leave it for the loop for now yeah. yeah I think so I think we'll wrap there guys um, let's dive into some of our shout outs uh, we actually have uh, uh, some pretty cool news which we've shared on social media <clears throat> Uh, but we do have uh, some some new uh, supporters and sponsors that have come on to the podcast here. Um, I think, uh, out of respect, we're going to lead off with Modus. Those guys have been with yep. us since day one, basically. Um, so Modus, um, Scott? Uh, Modus, uh, famous for the sniper tool. Um, famous for a bunch of uh, cool fire equipment. <laughs> cool fire gear. Like you uh, say, cool fire videos. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to get there. <laughs> uh, they got wedges. Uh, they got uh, soft entry Force entry uh, tools. They got the um, pocket organizer, um, bag uh, bag masks. Uh, lots lots mm-hmm. of cool gear. And now they have uh, what is it called? Modus TV. Yeah, Modus TV. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, first episode. Just gonna say, pretty cool. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> yeah, it has us on it. <laughs> um, and yeah, when I think when we first started talking about that, recording that episode, mm-hmm. and we were like. What was this about? Like we weren't really understanding that they were yeah. actually going to bring a camera crew and do like full on like <laughs> crazy video. It worked out, turned out really well, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, so check them out um, if you want a discount on that. Uh, DTFF five, as always, we'll give you five percent off. Beautiful. Um, and we've got uh, uh, two new supporters. Uh, why don't we get on Jocko Fuel? Jocko Fuel. Um, mm. Now, we had some Jocko Go. Yeah. They were down yeah. in Palm mm-hmm. Springs. Yep. Delicious. 
Yeah, amazing product. Sadly, it's not in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, can, it can be shipped to Canada. You can, you can ship it, absolutely. But you can't. Yeah. Uh, you can't go to any of the uh, stores. But if you're in the states, I think you can go to like Wawa and mm-hmm. Jock always says it on his podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm never good with the because Ameri- I don't know all the American stores. I think it's right. like a Circle K down in Florida that sells it. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out exactly where uh, if you go on uh, Jocko Go. No, Jocko Go. Um, Jocko Fuel. Jocko Fuel. Um, on their website, you can find out where all their uh, mm-hmm. supplements and all their uh, that stuff is. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, DTFF. No. DTFF podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll get you 10%? I believe it's 10. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've got uh, Manscaped has come on board. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all had a chance to try out. Um, Some more than Well, I don't know. Yeah. Why are y'all looking at me? I don't know. I don't know I'm at. <laughs> I've been using it for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, so, right. Yeah. Warren, a smooth bore over combination. A smooth bore for the win, right? Smooth bore nozzle. How <laughs> uh, the yeah. wife likes it. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? So January is Firefighter uh, Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. Uh, and that's a super big time for the Manscaped brand. Um, you know, one of the major points of uh, absorption is obviously the male growing area. Um, you know, keeping yourself clean. Um, so that comes down to your own hygiene um, and, uh, you know, keeping it tidy down down under, if oh, you yeah. will, um, aids in that. So uh, awesome company to uh, partner with. Um, yeah, uh, we tried the Lawnmower 4.0, is that 4.0, it? yeah. Yeah, uh, the, their weed, weed Whacker, the nose trimmer yeah, and, and the ears. ears. Yeah. Um, now, what else do we have in there? The ball, ball toner. Oh, yeah, the ball, ball toner. toner. Yeah, and the uh, the crop preserver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, their underwear. Yeah, yes. which well, I think I'm wearing right now. We will not show <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that. We're <laughs> for it. <laughs> we're doing video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they have their t-shirts. And yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely a fan thus, thus far. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. uh, It definitely helps. Um, and you know what? It is a lot safer than uh, other times with other apparatuses. Absolutely. <laughs> using yes. it. So it's a very, very nice instrument to use. Absolutely. You know, it's nice. So you can uh, take it all the way down for the smooth bore. Uh, they do have an attachment if you uh, want a little grass on the field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, not or, for this. Yeah, there's a longer one. You can go over like the Mr. T. The old Mohawk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it you gives you look. options. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Manscaped, uh, what is our uh, discount code for Manscaped? Uh, DCFF 20. 20. We'll give you 20% off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a really good deal. Uh, that's for your initial purchase. Any of, like, if you get, have to get replacement blades, uh, if you need to get uh, any of the. Uh, some more ball toner? Yeah, some more toner yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, hop online. Uh, use that discount code. Uh, we really want to grow this relationship with them. Grow it, get it? Um, <laughs> or or shave it. So you <laughs> throw it and shave it right, shave right off. It right off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free shipping with the code as well. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, getting free shipping on that is an awesome bonus as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Manscaped. Um, let's get back into, uh, let's go to Stop the Bleed. <laughs> oh! And not to me. <laughs> Brought to you by no, those, no, no connection. Those, those past blades might have been yeah. stop the bleed, but not with landscape. So stop the bleed. Stop the bleed.com or stop the bleed.org. Uh, three major methods of hemorrhage control. Of course, it is direct pressure. 
um, tourniquet application and wound packing. And tiny bits of, uh, <laughs> of toilet paper. Yeah, make sure you have a good tourniquet, of course. Um, uh, we really like the, uh, the cats up here. They're good uh, yeah. soft tees, so they're probably the top two, I would say, in our area. Um, and you know what? Make the training fun. If you're going to do the training, do the course, uh, make it realistic as possible. Um, you know, you can check out our YouTubes and stuff for some of the, um, the wound packers and uh, the damage control that we've yeah. made. Mm -hmm. uh, very cheap option. It works awesome. Uh, kids love it. People love it. We've, we've taught all sorts of ages and, and populations. Um, and if you're doing it in your department, tie it into your regular training and mm -hmm. high fidelity sims, man. Make it uh, make it as realistic as possible. It's funny. Those uh, wound packers we made, built out of the yoga blocks and those, like, yeah, $15 weed pumps, spray, yeah. Yeah. Spray pumps. Uh, when you and I built them, we're like, ah, this is the last, like, one one session. Passed for we're it. like, yeah, it's like 20 bucks well spent, yeah. one session. Years later. Literally, that's all we've ever used. <laughs> Other than the one <laughs> you have, the, the fancy ones. The fancy one, but, ones, yeah. But, um, yeah, we that, that thing we built was, <laughs> those things are, are great. Absolutely. And they you can kick them around if you lose one or whatever, we'll just build another one. But Yeah, yeah. yeah like Todd, Todd was saying, uh, you two, uh, we've got a video up. Uh, basically, of the entire course that uh, Scott and Todd uh, walked through, uh, gave some of the uh, looks into the high high fidelity sims, uh, walked through the entire course. So uh, to get a glimpse in, have a look on our YouTube, uh, and then to get some local training, um, hop on stoptheplead.com and look for uh, a course near near you. Uh, and if you are in, if you are a first responder, law enforcement, uh, you can get on and become an instructor. Yeah, perfect. Uh, off the back of that, let's talk about. Uh, uh, Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick Sparrow uh, from the ATAC group. Mm -hmm. uh, and he runs the, the RTAC. Well, they run the RTAC, but he's um, he's had it out in the Kootenays here now for a while. Uh, we went out to his course and did it. It was phenomenal. Uh, so now they're offering an online portion of it as well now. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Scott said, really loved going through the course because with the little video clips and stuff of him in the corner, he can sit there mm -hmm. the what do you call it? Angel on the shoulder? No, the angels are talking head. No, the angel on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's like, yeah, he's like, you're like, oh, he's watching me. <laughs> no, it's not live. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, really, really good instructors. Uh, it ties in. The conversations they have in the little video uh, really ties in and just helps you with the, with the learning. Um, and they, I like the, I really like their course content. Like I've done a lot of online medical courses. Same with Warren when, with the animal service and stuff. And this one is... is Definitely top notch. Sure. Nice. No, I, yeah. I often think of that little his, his head down in the corner at Jurassic Park when uh, they type in the wrong code and that guy comes up. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. ah. <laughs> I was like, waiting for him like you hit the wrong button on the uh, on the quiz. It should come up. Ah, ah. <laughs> That's for version two point. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just a bit. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we got uh, Tanner Olson band. Uh, you managed to see Tanner Olson when he was down for a hundred year. Yeah. Uh, country music out of West Coast Canada. What you think? Fantastic! Absolutely yeah. great show. Yeah. Awesome live show. Uh, right, right now, I think mean, well, right now I don't know what he's up to, but he's been doing some some live shows. New Year's Eve thing. Yeah, maybe a New Year's Eve deal, uh, which is coming up quick. So we got to wrap this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, check him out anywhere that you stream and download music. Uh, you know, awesome, awesome group. Um, and then again, lastly, you have us. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're on Twitter. Oh, where else are we? I think Tons on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> well, now with Manscaped, I mean, exactly. bring in a little extra income here. Roll it in the box. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, you know what, guys? Uh, being uh, New Year's Eve here, 
thanks for everybody's support over, over the past year. Um, we're still blown, blown away with, uh, you know, the uh, support that we get. Um, we're shocked every day when we you know, realize how far this crazy podcast has actually come. Um, you know, being approached by people that have zero ties to the firefighter world that know about the podcast. Um, those big thanks gotta go to Modus getting that video out there. Mm-hmm. But everybody else that's come on board, every listener, every follower, people that reach out and give comments. Um, again, we wouldn't be here, you know, without you guys still. Uh, so we absolutely appreciate all, all, all the support. Uh, on that, uh, continue to reach out, comment, like, share, subscribe. Uh, it just gets us out in front of more and more people. Um, and it will allow us to continue doing what we're doing well into 23 and beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Happy New Year. Perfect. Warren. Happy New Year. Scott. Todd. Happy New Year. Thanks, everybody. As always, stay safe. Stay TTFF.